Under the sea, under the sea, darling is better down where this weather take it from me. Up on the shore they work all day, and I will the Sunday slave away while we devoting full time to floating under the sea. Hello, welcome to the quarter to three movie podcast for Hunter Killer. My name is Tom Chick, and I'm here with Christian Molinsky. Uh, I would like to be known as Romansk Fjord. And with a hunter-killer tagline, Kelly Wand. Uh, Hunt Gaga, marry Gerard, kill Gosling. (laughs) Wow. Wait, hold on, let me parse that. Hold on, let me parse those again. So, Hunt Gaga, marry Gerard, kill (laughs) Gosling. Yeah, that's awesome. Not the the ones you'd expect, but... You, uh... You pretty much uh, sunk that one. It was great. Kelly, why do you have other taglines for us? Finally, a movie that taps to my concern for the welfare of the Russian president. Oh, I hope he's okay, the Russian president. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Putin's good. I hope mine's dead, but I hope theirs is good. Are there more, uh, Kelly Wand? I only got one more. Yep. <clears throat> Subpar. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You like those. Wow. If you're a golfer, well, that's Tom, you, good. Tom usually hates those. Anyway, likes... Why do, what do you mean? Sports references? I think you like good ones, and you like those. Yeah, that's a good one. Quality, works... quality work. There's some depth to it, Kelly Wand. I like that one quite uh... a bit. You're, I can tell you're still thinking, wait, Hunt Gaga? Mary Gerard? <laughs> There's some depth. Why wouldn't you? Well, Dingus... Mary Gerard, Kelly? What? what? What movie are we talking about here, Dingus? What's going on on this podcast? Oh, yeah, we're talking about a movie. These all mean something. There's. A... All right, this week we saw Hunter Killer. Mm. Hunter Killer. Oh, good thing, the... 2018 Sorry. American action thriller movie about how the submarine corps reacts during the lukewarm war. It was directed by Donovan Marsh and written by Arne Schmidt. Might be Arnie. It's probably Arnie. You call those actors names? Jesus. What's happening <laughs> in my industry? Jamie Moss. Like, that's a man's name. Sorry. Based on the novel Firing Point. Oh. R- written by George Jeff Wallace. Fire. George Wallace wrote a novel. Who what? Knew? And, Wait, the and racist he, one or the 60 Minutes one? Yes. Okay. Uh, it stars Gerard Butler, Linda Cardellini. <laughs> yeah, always. Michael always Nyquist. Uh-huh. Love that guy. Yeah. And one Common. Also Common, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'll give him a, a brief trill. Okay. <laughs> I'm Michael fond of Nyquist. Common. I was Did, so... think you saw Run All Night. Run All Night made me feel very different. And John Wick, of course, feel very differently yeah. about Common. Yeah, I like that. Oh, he's the black friend? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that is kind of his role in this movie. Fair enough. <laughs> the black right, friend I the government. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So Hunter Killer is rated R. <laughs> what? Kelly, come on. What? It's well, rated Diggis, R. Explain to Kelly Wand why this is rated R. Clearly. It's rated R for violence and some language. Yeah. All right. Well, one of those I don't even count as a real thing, and the other one <laughs> is language. Well, hold that thought because we'll get into that in a minute. We'll talk about why and whether or not it should be R-rated. Oh, uh, such a puritanical country. All right. Kelly, what should there have been other other than language and violence? Are there other things the MPAA should warn parents about? Well, I will side with the MPAA slightly. There was some talking. <laughs> And that that in, involves language. 
You're right. Uh, on Metacritic, Hunter <laughs> Killer is at 43. That's the average rating from various reviews out of 100. On wow. Rotten Tomatoes, 36 percent, which is well over a third of the reviews, are positive. <laughs> Cinema score, it, it got its A, but with a minus. So, you know, some people had some minor quibbles. You always turn it optimistic. Otherwise, it, it got from what it should from cinema score. Uh, the box Only 99% office, dead. Box office didn't care for it. Came in at number five. Uh, it only made $6.5 million. But I, I don't think that... I, this is something that I imagine is going to be schlepped around the world and sold variously. Uh, I don't think Lionsgate was expecting it to be a huge franchise. They certainly didn't market it much. This was a surprise to me. Yeah, uh, I didn't know it, it existed. Yeah, but it didn't uh, didn't do very well financially or critically. Let's now find out how it does on this podcast. But first, let's have Kelly Wan explain to you everything that happens in Hunter Killer by way of his Huntopsis Colopsis. Oh, that's pretty close. I'm surprised. What is it actually called? Well, you'll see. There's a title screen. Oh, sweet. Okay. Take it away, Kelly Wand. You have to earn it. <laughs> the title. <laughs> Previously on the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast. <laughs> Timmy, which wall are you behind? <laughs> Gosh darn it. His name is Connor. <laughs> Thank you. Ahmed tried to eat my boat, CG white man. <laughs> Woo! That is... <laughs> Oh, God. Tyrese. <laughs> yeah, he happened on it. So this is already... Okay. Well, you'll see. Yeah, I will. That is correct, sir. <laughs> Remember that classic moment? <laughs> sir, uh, now London's fallen. Kristen Stewart's our Brando! Jesus. <laughs> this is so awful. Yep. Oh, you're right. Hey, you said something swear. And where By should the, the listeners where should the listeners write in if they have thoughts on Bob Wire? <laughs> the baby <laughs> What's happening? These are things that have happened have were um previous episodes. Oh. I've just been stabbed by Albert Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Classic moments, Dingus. Guys, look, Michael Caine's watching Batman and Catwoman's ghosts eat lunch outside in Italy. Because if it was really them, he'd go over and talk to them. So, obviously, they're ghosts, so... Sir, we were wrong again. It's a den of thieves. <laughs> Shut up, fool! <laughs> and now, the Gerard Trilogy, part four. <laughs> the title screen that we've now earned is... says... Untop Kilpsis. <laughs> we split it up. Some icebergs stare at us. Towards all Russia? <laughs> a U.S. sub chases a Russian sub around near Russia. I look over at Connery in his Zardoz thong and an admiral's cap sitting beside me. And as one of the subs, I'm already confused, hides in a submarine-shaped slot under a glacier. <laughs> I'm all. Hey, I bet that's how uh, Dudley Moore felt with Susan Anton. <laughs> he crumbles never again. He crumbles that. And when the camera pads back to him, he's saying it in Russian. Some words are all Pentagon White House. A guy in a suit carries a folder to another guy with a suit. The second guy's all, hmm, Gerard Bolter? <laughs> 
Sure likes writing the number 300 on everything. <laughs> what class was he in? Never went to class, sir. Uh, Taylor Kitsch didn't call us back, so... <laughs> <laughs> I have just been stabbed by Albert Brooks Dingus. Do you understand the bit yet? Uh, a word's all Scotland. Gerard's about to shoot a stag with an explosive arrow, but some cows show up, so he feels outnumbered and gives up. <laughs> Count numbered. <laughs> A kid walks up and hands him a giant dime that says, to protect and serve man. Gerard looks up slowly and goes, Ensign, tell the... Ex oh, God damn it. Really? That? <clears throat> Gerard looks up slowly again, after looking at me annoyed, and goes, Ensign, tell the extras to get in the sub-CG as soon as possible. <laughs> Sir, they just got a two-day pass. They'll be impossible to find. <laughs> Possible? Tell me, Ensign. How many days are in a two-day pass? <laughs> uh, then I have a radical idea. You look during one day, I'll look during the other. <laughs> Think about it. The Ensign's expression is all, This man was born to command underwater vehicles. <laughs> Everybody loads crates of chickens onto the sub. <laughs> Gerard wanders around inside the sub, but nobody pays any attention to him. <laughs> They're used to new people and Gerard's. He passes the room and overhears one guy go, I heard that he made one with Heigl and one with Aniston. <laughs> Gerard goes into a conference room only to find all the men with their shoes off playing Cultcept on TV. <laughs> they all look away shyly. Gerard picks up someone's microphone and goes, Attention, USS United States. Now, I know none of you know me personally, but I don't care what your jobs are. As I said at my sister's wedding, man the sonar. Also, I am you. But if that means you think I'm running a tight ship, you're wrong. We're going to find him. I expect everything short of your best, because with great responsibilities are my jobs. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Pentagon, Velma from Scooby-Doo hands her black friend a folder. <laughs> Gerard blew up his last three submarines. NSA says they've never heard of me. You do the math. The black friend's all, yes. Meanwhile, some Navy SEALs pickle a plate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried I cut too much. <laughs> I go, that's stupid. That's going away. <laughs> this this stayed. <laughs> These jokes. Like, yeah, solid. Meanwhile, some Navy SEALs giggle and play paintball. One guy gets severely depressed and shoots himself in the mouth with a paintball. A gruff sergeant saw. Congratulations, Martinelli. You just killed your whole team. Martinelli grids with broken painted teeth. Meanwhile, on top of the submarine. Gerard and his black friend stare at some water. Eventually, the black friend's all, By the way, payroll said they want to start paying you in these. He hands Gerard a decal that says, World's Greatest Submarine Captain Named Gerard. 
might have been the dime again. I don't know. Some big round novelty. <laughs> I don't... It gets stuck to his hand, and they both try to get it off. <laughs> Gerard's all, by the way, I was once in Wichita. <laughs> you were in Wichita? Oh. Are you as bad as you, they say? <laughs> Worse. Now let's get underway. The sub sets out and drives around in circles. In the periscope room, Gerard and his friends practice standing at an angle because if there's a nuclear war, the Earth will be thrown off its axis like in Damnation Alley. <laughs> Makes one person. Those some words are all Russian naval base. A guy in a suit gets off a plane, says stuff, then drives away. He has a shifty friend who wears a lot of medals named Tony. Meanwhile, on the sub, <laughs> Gerard's all. This place C-SPAN. Sub drops TV underwater. Gerard peers through the periscope till a corporal sitting nearby is all, Uh, sir, I think my monitor screen's what yours should be looking at. <laughs> Gerard sighs and stares over the kid's shoulder at old sub CG on the ocean floor. Then he's all, Man battle stations, maximum liability. <laughs> Another headset kid's all, Hey, Captain, you should hear this. The kid flicks a button, some clanging noises clank over the loudspeakers. Gerard's all, not bad, Ensign. I play the triangle myself. Uh, <laughs> always been a big fan of Pythagoras. The Russians and the other sub hear his joke, so they shoot a torpedo. <laughs> Gerard tricks it by blowing up some snow. Uh... Gerard watches vast geyser some snow spume up, pats his black friend, and goes, Well, Reggie, looks like Christmas in Russia this year is starting in August. <laughs> Sir, it's December 1st. Instead of answering, Gerard shoots a torpedo that hits his own sub, but luckily only some extras are knocked over. His black friend's all, Sir, did we just start a war? Gerard starts to answer. Meanwhile, Wallace Shawn drives around in some rain until someone rolls down his window from outside the car. A guy with a suit stares in at him. Sir, we've lost two Russian subs. And uh, one of ours, so three, if you count Russia as we. Sean drives off. Meanwhile, some Navy SEALs fly around in a plane. They see an electrical storm, so they dive into it. <laughs> Like in Mission Impossible, one guy forgets his shoot, so he comically waves his arms and legs. But his friend hugs him, so they crash. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the sub, what's your name, Private? I don't have one in this, sir. <sighs> Look at that hole, Ensign. Used to jerk off as a kid, right? <laughs> sir, we just torpedoed a sub. I, I think that should be our focus. Whatever, son. Self, permission to go on board the Russian sub and ask for <laughs> permission granted, Gerard. <laughs> Sir, talking to yourself is a violation of Protocol 66. Damn it, Extra. They'll be dead by the time myself has an answer. They get in a little sub full of baking soda and drive over. They try to park for a while, then get bored and just start hitting the Russian submarine with a wrench. <laughs> <laughs> People in the Russian sub try to get them to go away by hitting back. <laughs> get out of here! 
<laughs> then tricked them by opening the hatch to commit suicide. And tricked them by being there. Luckily, it's just some Russian guy, so they take him back to their sub so they can make him listen to them hit other stuff. Meanwhile, in a Russian room, the guy with the tie gets sad. He's short friend who likes metals is all. By the way, your character in this is a uh, Russian president. Uh, although you look like Henry Cabo. <laughs> Beside me, Tom Cruise shouts, Who doesn't? <laughs> Beside him, Cabo shouts, Being over five feet tall feels awesome. <laughs> the medals guy waits for them to finish, then tells his Thai friend, That's right, Russia has a president. Also, I told World that you are indisposed and in my care. <laughs> a nearby soldier's all, What? Metal shoots him. The guy in the tie looks sad again. He's all, wait, what did you want me to do as president? <laughs> Metals is all, uh, something involving series of tubes. <laughs> now every order I give will come from you. The president's all, don't you mean every order I give will come from you? Because I'll be giving it. You'll be giving it to me. Metals angrily shoots another of his soldiers. Meanwhile, on the pier, the seals get bored and shoot a fisherman. In the Pentagon White House, Velma and some interns all stare at a TV screen of the seals laughing at the dying fishermen. Velma's all, oh my god. The general's all, I recommend DEFCON 2. When someone makes a chess move, you respond. I lost a lot of games before I learned that. The Secret Service guy's all, what if we just give him our president? Meanwhile, on the submarine... <laughs> Secret Service. Meanwhile, on the submarine... Gerard looks at a map while his men sigh and wait. <laughs> and he points at his coffee cup and goes, What about here? Uh, <clears throat> half the Russian fleet's there, sir. Uh, we only have enough CG budget for the interior of this sub. Look, son, I'm not sure if you know how the Battle of Thermopylae ended, but that was me. <laughs> Pretty sure I can match that outcome here. But first we need a local navigator. He claps his new pet Russian on the shoulder. Russians now wearing a captain's uniform with a bunch of medals on it that I guess one of the crewmen had lying around in his footlocker. <laughs> Gerard's all. We've crossed paths before. I was in Baton Rouge one time when you were in Greenland. Uh, by the way, speaky una anglais? <laughs> Fuck you. <clears throat> by the way, I can prove we didn't fire on your submarine. Here, look, see? Pictures of snow. <laughs> I do not cooperate with butlers. Okay, Ivan, I'm only saying position once. <laughs> Our medals guy is holding your president hostage. Uh, so sorry. Also, ready? Because, bro, who else understands what we go through? What it's like scraping bombs off the bottom of the ocean. That's why we are. It's where we do. Now, I love young sailors as much as you do, and someone in this movie killed a few off screen, because in the end, it's not about my future. Or your future? It's about our side. Fuck you. Gerard sighs and tries another <laughs> couple of speeches. Meanwhile, seals hide in a truck and drive around in it giggling till there's a shootout. <laughs> One of the seals shoots himself in the leg. His buddy pats his face and goes, Don't worry, Stinky. A nuclear submarine's coming to get us out, buddy. I get to see Dolores again after all. Just need to grab the Russian president first. <laughs> 
Threatens all. Russia has a president? And who's Galores? Meanwhile, on the submarine, Gerard's all. Oh, yeah. Uh, how's the crew? I forgot to ask them. They wouldn't say, sir, but they're terrified. Really? And they know I'm in charge? <laughs> all right. How about you, black character? 22 minutes I've been at this, never been shot at. You let us do the worrying. You just do the Gerard. Feel me? Yeah, I wasn't listening. Gerard picks up the microphone. <clears throat> Attention, submarine extras. <clears throat> it's Gerard. <laughs> uh, as a couple of you may know, especially if you heard me talking in the mess hall over breakfast and lunch, uh, I was in the White House Down movie, uh, but it wasn't Fanning Tatum's. Uh, as well as Gamer and Gods of Egypt. <laughs> The crew's all, Gerard nods at one guy, goes, okay, slow, take her in nice and XO. I mean, zero course, 8230. Gerard's all, sonar? No, sir, my name's Gary. Sorry, kid. Titles mean nothing to me. Take a left at that coral reef. Uh, sir, you're looking through the door of the washing machine. Oh. Guess my briefs are going to need a specialist, eh, private? Also... Uh, speaking of which, guys, he drags the Russian over and makes him stand nearby. This is Captain, uh, something ending in Av or Ski. He's my <laughs> special guest. I know him from Baton Rouge. You know what I mean? <laughs> he winks. Sir, ask this Russian if he knows who shot down Admiral Pete at Glasnost. Damn it, Private. I'll have no talk of lives on my watch. Now, my job's to keep all your lives safe long enough for you to testify about how stupid I am. <laughs> Also, we can just kill Ivan here later. By the way, he understands English, so don't say anything dumb. Extra, all ahead one-third. Zero, six, one, zero. Uh, sir, those words don't mean anything. <laughs> just drive the sub someplace. <laughs> sub drives her out of the dark till the Russian points at the map table, so they stop. The crew gets bored and stops talking to each other. <laughs> To divert himself, one guy tightens a screw, then throws a wrench at a black guy. <laughs> it almost misses, but luckily the white man's aim is true. The Russian points in Gerard's ear and goes, Tunnel! Sir, we'd have to reverse engines to get out of that later. Damn it, Private, if you can't relieve yourself, you're contained of duty. I mean, meanwhile, the nameless seals put lights on their heads and stare at a building. Then they dive underwater and swim around with flashlights. Then they find some rocks, so they get out and find a guy in a wet tuxedo with a gun. Coughs at them. Then, the seals walk into someone's house and shoot some guys looking at a table. Then they use the table as a shield, even though no one's shooting at them anymore. Then, they approach the president's cell. Then, they blow up the door, and the president wasn't standing beside it. <sighs> Mr. President, don't worry, Navy SEALs never leave a man behind. <clears throat> and we always got an exit strategy. Where save SEALs. Uh, they run around getting shot at, then shimmy down some guy wires getting shot at. Then, to trick the Russians, the SEAL they left behind flips everybody off with his wedding rings. Which makes him explode. <laughs> No rules in this movie. The two remaining seals and the prez walk towards a concrete embankment. Uh, I think we lost them. U.S. Some guys in jeeps pull up on the freeway above and start shooting at them. 
Seals and their Russian friend trick the shooters by getting riddled with bullets and falling over the embankment. <laughs> Luckily, a sniper who lives on the mountain wakes up <laughs> this tree branch and eventually participates. <laughs> totally a good break, finally. They were due. Suddenly, Gerard's sub putters into view, so the last seals and the president swim to it slowly while the jeep guys shoot at them, and the sniper does nothing now. <laughs> Gerard's raised the sub manhole, grids down at the terrified seals struggling in the water, and goes, Someone call for a butler? <laughs> One seal loses interest and floats to the bottom. I think because Gerard crashed into him with the sub. <laughs> The others get on board, except for one seal, who stays behind to giggle and hide in the rocks and get shot. <laughs> Later. Hey, Captain, I'm hearing some thumps again. Gerard turns out to speak, listens for a couple seconds, and goes, Yup, warship. <laughs> uh, yeah, warship. And maybe two helicopters. The warship captain giggles and fires a bunch of rockets into the sky. Gerard's all, ha ha, he forgot what altitude submarines are at. <laughs> Stupid Russians. Rockets start plunging into the water all around the submarine, exploding. Gerard's all, fuck, dive, damn it, fuck. Gerard tricks some of the missiles by getting hit by them. One crewman trips and falls into some fire. <laughs> Eventually, the Russians run out of missiles, so they switch to torpedoes. Gerard's all, launch flotation devices. Hopefully, uh, they'll get that I'm surrendering. In the Pentagon White House, Belma's all, sir, we've just got a DEFCON negative one. Meanwhile, some Russians chase the sniper down the mountain, but he tricks them by falling. They're about to kill him when a friend shows up and shoots them all. The friend's all, I had a hunch you'd be on one of these mountains. Puts the sniper in a headlock and carries him around so his leg injury is even worse. Meanwhile, on the sub, everybody's wounded and moaning while Gerard runs around going, All right, everybody, check your gear for their proper function. <laughs> I'll start with this hand cream. <clears throat> the Russian grabs the microphone and says a bunch of stuff in Russian to the destroyer crew. The sailor extras all look confused. None of them speak Russian. <laughs> Violate English while music plays. He's all, hold your fire. The Russian destroyer guys are all, oh, right, okay, yes. Broken English. Ah, here we go. Gerard's sub surfaces next to the destroyer. Gerard pops open the manhole and goes, okay, are they gone? The Russian captain pulls out his gun, sticks it in someone's face, and yells, everyone fire on Gerard, or I will hand this extra my gun. On the beach, the metals guy has some friends drive up in trucks with missiles on and shoots them at Gerard. Gerard watches the missiles come at his sub, yawning heroically. Suddenly, the Russian destroyer has chain guns that somehow shoot all the missiles inches from Gerard's face. Doesn't set them off. On the pier, the metals guy screams and explodes Russianly. Gerard's black friends all, Great work, Gerard! I haven't seen inaction like that since Kristen Stewart's speech at the end of Snow White and the Huntsman. <laughs> Gerard's all, I didn't hope. I knew. I mean... Oh, wait, did I forget to say fire? Fuck! I mean... Uh, you're welcome. 
<clears throat> I mean, fire! The Russian general shakes the bald, <laughs> the black man's bald head and squeezes it warningly. Later, Gerard and the Russian admiral stare at each other on the roof of the submarine. <laughs> <laughs> Gerard's all. By the way, I wish to defect. The men are always calling me defective. <laughs> the Russian sticks out his hand. Uh, okay, uh, thank you for being in this film. You were also adequate as U.S. president in movie about Olympus falling. <laughs> I hated uh, his sidekick in that, though. He was a terrible actor. Uh, yeah, Eckhart was the president. I was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, truth. Did you see that? Me and Heigl. Talk about star power. Whew. Black friend walks up with the decal stuck to his hand. He peels it off and hands it to the general. We gave this to Gerard earlier. Now we want you to have it. <laughs> There's a reaction shot of Gene Hackman's Jack Russell Terrier barking. <laughs> One of the seals walks up. Gerard makes him shake his hand. It gestures to the matte painting of the sky and goes, Ugh! I always like to take one last breath whenever I end a movie. Now don't jump out this time! <laughs> Seals all. When did I jump out before? The sub drives around while some words tell me who trained the seals how to talk to Gerard. The end. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Kelly Wand. That was I saw about the Gerard movies I like. I don't know why. He's... It's always the same character in a way. I kind of yeah, like he's a very that. definite type, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. They're making a sequel to Den of Thieves. I read for real. Okay, good. I'm all right with that. Did yeah, Pablo Schreiber die in that? I forget. No, Who? he's still around. Yeah. The thief. Yeah, he's still around, right? Uh, can't remember. I just remember him on the phone. Who there's a sequel. About? I need him as well. Yeah. Who are you talking about? Kelly says there's a Den of Thieves sequel. No, but who did who did you say didn't die? Oh, I was asking if Pablo Schreiber, I forgot if he died or not in it. Oh, I'm pretty sure he did. Rats. I think you're right. Yeah, he gets shot. Right. They have the close range shoot. Spoiler, by the way. Shoot. So maybe it'll be a prequel, and then we can have more Pablo Schreiber in it. Or maybe I think it's just a new brother. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like Miami Vice. The next week, he uses the same alias, and somehow none of the same, none of the drug dealers got wind of the last thing that happened a week ago, or the one before <laughs> that, or the one before that. <laughs> They don't even change their names on Miami Vice. I didn't understand that. But anyway, back to Kelly Hunter Wand, Killer. what did you think of Hunter Killer? What's a movie that's better than Hunter Killer? <laughs> a movie that's not quite as good as Hunter Killer? And then uh, throw it over to me. Uh, I thought it could have used a little more psychological tension. And I thought Gerard needed someone to fight with. Like uh, Gene Hackman and Denzel Washington and Crimson Tide. Like everyone on the sub kind of gets along with him too much. And the SEAL stuff, I thought made it... It's less interesting than the sub stuff, and the first hour is really slow. But I kind of liked the second half, and I kind of was like stirring to life during it. And I liked the chain gun ex machina. Um, so my over, but it's not. I don't know. It's it's okay. I like Gerard. I like the Gerard uh, energy, but um, too much land battles. Same thing with Attack of the Clones. My over would be uh, the McConaughey one. What's that called? U twenty thirty five. U five seven one, U five seven one, and then my under is uh, down periscope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. This is better than down periscope. You're saying? Yeah. You're, you're gonna stick by that. All right. I'd put Widowmaker below it too, but I'd put Das Boot above this and Crimson Tide above this. Mm -hmm. Like not as. I'm just saying. Okay, that's all I have to say. What? 
Yes. My uh, over. So I went with movies that uh, was like just military, modern military adventure movies because that's kind of what, what I see. This has not even subcentric, uh, just anything. I don't. I don't. And part of what I liked about it is it wasn't just subcentric. Oh, I, I like that it. Uh, mm, uh, okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about that. And let me finish here. So yeah, what, yeah. what I like, uh, I, uh, I, I would put over this uh, a movie that. Uh, so I really like this. I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. This is the kind of movie that I enjoy. I can understand why it's not for some people, but this is a movie made for me. It has a action movie sensibility and kind of a, a video game breeziness, which I, I can enjoy. Uh, so in this same category, over it, I would put Lone Survivor, which is, I think it's Peter Berg, uh, which has some great early procedural stuff about a recon mission. Uh, and it's got a great cast. It's got Taylor Kitsch and Ben Foster, and then Mark Wahlberg is along. Oh, and I forgot how the third guy is on the, the fourth guy is on the team. But uh, I, I love the, the cast in it. Unfortunately, as it becomes about the lone survivor, the one who doesn't get killed, uh, it, it gets increasingly ridiculous and implausible, and it completely falls apart at the end. This movie uh, d- didn't quite do that, um, but, but I still think Lone Survivor is a bit over it. Under this... Uh, a movie that's also that I think is really bad, but I really enjoyed. Uh, there's a movie called Act of Valor from maybe about five years ago that was made by a stuntman, uh, and he had a bunch of actual military guys participating with him, and he got some actual military hardware that he could use to film, and it was almost like a recruitment movie. Uh, and it was just a ridiculous string of action sequences uh, using military hardware. And the actors weren't actors at all. Uh, they were actual military dudes, and it showed. So the movie just tried to work around them real quick and get to the action scenes. Uh, so that wasn't as good as Hunter Killer. So I would go Lone Survivor, then Hunter Killer, then Act of Valor. All movies that I don't think are necessarily very good, but that I really enjoyed. Dingus, what's a, a better movie than Hunter Killer and a movie not quite as good as Hunter Killer? All right, so I went with uh, – I kind of went along the same lines you did, actually, a little a little bit. Uh, just like weird uh, conflicts with a foreign power movie. Um, I actually quite liked this movie, and I'm totally shocked that I did because I don't think it's a very good movie. But I really kind of grew to love it as it went on. I liked what it was doing, and uh, – I kind of fell for it, even though I don't think it's a very good movie. Um, certainly, the CG is terrible, but uh, but uh, and the acting is horrible. But for, I, I think I'm kind of a sucker for submarine movies. Yeah, I am too. Um, so I, I and this one, it got really subby too. Yeah, it it got really subby, uh, but in in some good ways and some dumb ways. Anyway, so my over is uh, is 2010. Um, which uh, is way over this because I love 2010, but it's it's this weird conflict between uh, the Soviet Union and uh, and the United States, uh, but in a submarine in space essentially. Um, uh, and I love I love 2010, so I would put it way over this, but but it made me but this movie made me think of that just that weird sort of conflict that happens and under this i would just put uh olympus has fallen because i really did like that movie a lot but i like this a little bit more and i think it is because <laughs> i'm a i'm a sucker for submarine movies and i and this movie won me over it again i don't think it's a good movie but i love it i really almost loved so it why do you keep needing to say that you think it's not a good movie like what what makes you say that and why do you think that's important uh because i don't think it's i you know <sighs> all right so uh, I think that the director does a pretty good job of 
maintain of doing a lot of the action sequences um but i think that the cg is really bad and i think the acting is really bad for a lot of it um it feels like a cutscene from command and conquer uh and is, is it robert wise who plays like the president in that ray wise the, ray wise thank you ray wise um uh it 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 feels a little uh, a little TV movie as far as acting is concerned, and this is something that Mark Chris Markinson said that the, his that um, Gerard Butler's XO is is really bad. I mean, he's really bad. Uh, he's just like like clenching his jaw and screaming, and doesn't seem to be motivated by anything. Um, so I think the acting is pretty bad in it. Um, so I don't think it's very well made, but I still like it a lot. Okay, because I part of what surprised me about it is I do think it's a, a well-made movie, and I ah. want to see this guy's previous movie. I'm assuming he's a South African director, uh, and the last movie he did, which got some recognition in South Africa, is called Avenge, and it's online. I haven't gotten to watch it, but I'm guessing that he got this movie based on the strength, of whatever it might have been, of this last thriller he did called Avenge, and I want to mm. see that because, Dingus, I agree with you. The acting in this is not great. It's nothing... Uh, I, I don't think it needs to be great, and it's really not that important. It's it's about guys looking authentic. Like, I think this movie <laughs> cares more about the XO looking like a young naval cadet dude who's idealistic more than whether or not he can successfully pretend to be taking That's a low bar. Butler's but, uh, but I do think that there are enough actors. Like, Gerard Butler's charm gets you a long way. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael uh, Nordquist? No, I can never say his Nike, name. Nyquist, because he's got Nike V's fish. instead of U's. He's Swedish. And actually, the guy just died last year of lung cancer, which I didn't realize. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, but I like that guy as well, because he was in the original uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, before I even knew what that was, and before it became something remade with Daniel Craig. Um, so I like him. Uh, I I enjoyed the, the, the fellow who's playing the main seal is a guy I like a lot named Toby Stevens. Um... And I, I thought I don't he was know a, that guy. He he was really compelling though. He's really good, and he's he's so the 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 surprising thing here is Gerard Butler and Toby Stevens both both very well. Gerard Butler Scottish, but both not American, <laughs> playing <laughs> these quintessentially American uh, characters. So the acting's not great because I don't think there's too much there. But what I think is good is the the pacing and the action sequence and the fact that it's not trying to be a Crimson Tide or Hunt for Red October because it is it's it's wanting to spread the action around to the political yeah. sphere, the 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 special ops team and the submarine and it's very equal opportunity with that. This isn't just a Gerard Butler vehicle. Um so so thing is I I I agree with with your criticisms, but I don't feel that those necessarily are substantial dings. The characters uh, because, suck, except for Gerard. Well, I, well that's I where I'm with Dingus. They're substantial dings, but I, I, it doesn't bother my enjoyment except for Gerard. of the movie. I mean, I think I think a movie deserves to have good acting in it and 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 good CG. I mean, I think this movie deserves a little bit more, but I mean, maybe this is a stepping stone for this guy, but I, I think they're substantial. I can't tell the seals apart. But I understand, I kind of understand what you're saying, because the movie won me over anyway. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and that takes, I mean, if this had been something that had spent too much time on the political drama or on the bad acting, like it mm. never lost my attention. And a bad movie, that's the main thing that for me is a measure of a bad movie, is one that I lose interest in. Right. And this one I never lost interest in. I cared enough about Gerard Butler, about Toby Stevens, about Common. Like each of the three spheres had someone that you could root for. Uh, and I also like that there were no, maybe Gary Oldman accepted, there were no scenery-chewing bad guys representing uh, inept leadership. Uh, like, mm. like Kelly Wan mentioned, there's there's no tension on the submarine. Everyone gets along for the most part. The EXO does, they sort of hint at this idea that everybody hates Russians. That briefly rears its head but then goes away. Um, it just felt like these three spheres were people who were good at what they were supposed to do, got stuff done, and overcame a, a scenery-chewing, bad-guy, Russian rogue element. Uh, very simple stuff, and I just feel like the director put it out there pretty sleekly, which counts for a lot in my book. Mm. Um, so, so you didn't like pick up like, like the whole political atmosphere kind of thing doesn't doesn't affect you at all in this movie, like. Oh, I don't. I don't think there is any. Like, I, I think this is clearly a nostalgia piece about uh, the Cold War. Uh, there, it has no bearing to Russia and uh, military today. Uh, obviously, I mean, we or see our government. When, well, at a certain point, uh, I think uh, uh, Gary Oldman says, "Well, I'm going to have to talk to the president." And I was like, "Oh God, are we going to? We've invoked Donald Trump in this already." But then, when we see that the president of Russia is not Vladimir Putin, but a well-meaning. Good-looking, like I thought it was Jerome Crabb at, at first, this cool Dutch actor. But this this sort of good-looking, well-meaning. He looked like uh, uh, Trudeau, the the prime minister. Ah, uh, Justin like, Trudeau. Yeah, like good-looking and like he would do the right thing and like he was a principled guy with conviction. Like that was our, the president of our Russia in this movie. Um, right. Like he so would go. He would stand in the rain. That, that guy. Right, exactly. exactly yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're watching so, an alternate reality, and, you know. Well, also, we have a Hillary Clinton president. Like, they, when right. they show us the president, right. it's clearly th – this is a, a nostalgia piece basically about what would it be like if Russia was doing still what Russia cool. did. Right, exactly, yeah. So, so, Dingus, to answer your question, it didn't bother me because I think it sidestepped it and wanted to live in an alternate history. Right. <laughs> and I'm kind right. of okay with that. Like yeah. uh, House of Cards. Wouldn't it be great if Democrats were murdered? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, skip. Trust me. We'll talk about that on our TV podcast. <laughs> Let's never talk about it. Well, it, well it's weird that, that uh, it, it does mirror a lot of what – a lot of the things that Hunt for Red October is doing as far yeah, as, yeah. as yeah. as uh, somebody – And that was during the Cold War when that movie – or right. when the book was written. Right, and this is, you know, in a in a different. I, I, I guess Tom's right. I guess this is sort of a. Those characters reality. are awesome. That in Hunt for Red October, like every character's got their own sort of vibe. And in this, I want. I would have liked a little more. Like even just pulp archetype stuff with the other crewmen and the other seals. Just like a little brushstroke here and there. Well, what, what about a brownie? <laughs> what's interesting to me is that that Tom doesn't necessarily think of this as a subcentric movie. Uh, well, I, I, I know what he's saying. I mean, they're clearly promoting. Like, it's funny if you look at the poster for this big old picture of Gerard Butler's face. That's the main appeal. Gary Oldman, slightly smaller, standing behind him and to the side. So that's the secondary appeal. And then in the background, a submarine. So basically, they're telling you Gerard Butler. A good actor, who, by the way, was probably the worst performance in the movie. Uh, no Gerard way! Butler. He's great. What are you Gary about? Oldman, I thought was terrible. Really? 
Oh, I uh, thought it was horrible. I didn't. I. I did. I couldn't. Stand I get because so, you see every now and then Gary Oldman like in the Batman. Like you see when he's phoning in a performance. It's a and thankless I, I think, role. Exactly. Exactly. And, I, and so I. And I. When Gary Oldman just chews scenery and is the bad guy, like I. I but I like Gerard. You're crazy. <laughs> no, I'm saying Gerard's great. I'm saying uh, uh, Gary Oldman was the worst. Oh, yeah, I think Gary so. Oldman. Yeah, because like he's doing. I mean, even though I liked uh, some of Air Force One, he is kind of just doing a weird Russian accent and just being a, a scenery chewing guy. Well, when Gary Oldman is great, he's great, and when he's terrible, he's terrible. So that's right. kind of his. But the, but to answer your question, uh, I I think the submarine. There was a lot of submarine action, and and I think you're kind of led to believe that by the name of the movie, and also the opening of the movie right. and the poster. Uh, but that was one of the things that I liked is that it didn't do this thing where we're mainly on the submarine. Ah, uh, see, that's me. It suggested a lack of faith in the sub center. Well, I'm guessing that's not what the. But I, I'm surprised it was. I didn't know it was from a book, by the way. But I'm guessing that's not what the book did. That yeah. the book was more of a Red Storm Rising than a Hunt for Red October, in that it had different. Uh, arenas participating in this this event, uh, so I was glad that it, we weren't just on the sub because you know I, I like Toby Stevens and I liked Common so, and I like Linda Cardinelli. So uh, yeah, they they want you to think. I mean, subcentric sells way more than oh, we're also going to have people in the Pentagon and we're going to have some well, yeah. boots on the boots on the ground as well. Uh, it's easier to just say hey, sub action movie, and that's certainly what got my attention. Well, I didn't think of it as as uh, maybe stemming from a. Did you did you read Red Storm Rising? Uh, I'm sure I try. Yeah, I guess, I've never read a Clancy. That I've might read a lot be the of one that. I, that might be the one that I actually read. But yeah, I know Red Storm Rising. Yeah. All right. Really, I, you read one all the way through? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. How many that, did that, you read, Dingus? Because yeah. I plowed through a bunch of them. I went all the way to Dead of Honor. I think maybe even beyond that, uh, where where uh, some Japanese pilot lands a 747 into the uh, Capitol building during the State of the Union address. Lands it into it. That's an interesting way to put it. Sorry. This. Yeah, well, <laughs> crashes. I just, uh, so that, that, and that's how Jack Ryan becomes president of the United States, which is just, and then I was like, okay, I'm done with you, Tom. Sorry. Um, not you, Tom, but Tom Clancy. Uh, but then it became clear that other people were helping him write his books, and this is part of what branched off into getting other authors credit is he for a good president and ghostwriter uh i, I, I know i kind of gave up after that because it branched does he still off go out of missions when he's president no i don't think so uh he's an he's an analyst kelly he doesn't that's what i'm saying it never kelly, in case you don't know this all that jack uh, ryan is is a, is a mary sue for tom clancy an right. insurance salesman who had a fascination with military stuff right that's all he ever is in the books and i'm glad to see some of the movies trying to breathe life into him uh i haven't seen the gym John Jim Krasinski. What's the guy's name? John John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Yeah, uh, which I, Amazon series, which I quite like. I, I mean, oh, you I do. Like you like that? Okay. I like yeah. that a lot. I, I think it really. I think it really works, uh, in part because of uh, because of how well I think John Krasinski plays the part. Right. Um, I, I think it's really well put together. I really liked it, uh, and I watched. Uh, by the way, I watched H Hunt for October with my son this week for the first time. And when I told him I, we were watching Hunter Killer, I said we're watching the 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 podcast movie is Hunter Killer, and he immediately said Hunter Killer Soldier Spy. <laughs> That's not the name of the dingus. You're just because you don't like that movie doesn't give you the right to screw up the title for your son. Sorry. Um, I think when I hear Hunter Killer, I actually think of uh, – do you guys remember uh, 
No, I think a Terminator. Because doesn't doesn't Michael Bean oh, yeah. talk about the hunter killers? Like when he has, oh the, yeah, yeah. He's explaining to uh, to uh, Linda Hamilton what the future is like, and there being the hunter killers tracking them down. Isn't killer already implied by the word hunter though? Like not yeah. according, not if you're Gerard Butler with an nope. elk in your sights. But you know uh. that the helicopters are going to be coming over, like a Mission Impossible helicopter showing up to pick you up. You know that's going to be happening, and just send a helicopter to the seals. Good thing he uh, didn't kill that thing, because you know they're not going to get that thing on the helicopter, and it just would have been. That guy gets to the sniper mountain way too fast. There's my implausibility. Okay, what? <laughs> so, um, what's interesting to me, Tom, about you bringing up Red Storm Rising is because for me, Red Storm Rising is the culmination of the way Tom Clancy brings all these different threads together, and he starts to get a little um, past himself in later books, and even a little bit in Red Storm Rising, he, he starts to almost be a parody of himself with all these different threads that he's trying to pull together. Uh, and it's interesting to hear you say that because you know Chris Markinson, our our one writer in her did say that he could have done without the entire special ops squad stuff um which i i was fine with the special ops squad stuff but i understand him not liking it but i didn't think of it in that in through that lens that you're that you are uh that you're focusing on sort of that that idea of the red storm rising or of, of bringing all these different things together rather than it just being a subcentric movie and that's also like when you think of how military operations actually work. I mean, this is an impromptu thing. It's a, a rescue. I think it's also like it, it's clearly, I think, invoking what happened to the Kursk, which is a, a Russian submarine. Mm -hmm. uh, but but military operations generally aren't just one dude in a submarine and his crew. There's sure. This sense of having to coordinate different actions and keeping. Like I, I think one of the, the the most famous military operations of our day is uh, the. The assassination, the, the killing of Osama bin Laden, yeah, and we all think SEAL of team watching, six, yeah. yeah, watching, uh, you know, the SEAL Team uh, Six was doing the actual uh, mission. The CIA w was overseeing it. We had uh, Obama and Biden in a command room watching, uh, like these. And, and I appreciate that in this movie, it's not just glamorizing one officer, but it's highlighting the fact that military operations have different threads that go into them and it, it, there's a there's a machinery and there there are different arena the different levels at which they occur and ideally they all have to come together um, uh, i mean it's pulp adventure like it doesn't it's right. not trying to be well, realistic otherwise I, I i would say kelly wand it's military adventure and that's sure. why i bring up lone survivor uh and and acts of valor in that pulp adventure is more than happy to just be about one tough dude punching his way out of a hard situation. Right. But I think military adventure is about the fact that you need boots on the ground, you need air support, right. you need uh, you need your your officers supporting you. Uh, so so I that's why I'm glad that we got the special ops team given their their screen time and even seeing Common and and Linda Cardinelli from the CIA wasn't twirling a mustache and being a bad guy. Um, so yeah, I, I she's like doing that exposition. <laughs> She's doing exposition, but she also hacks the computer at one point, right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> She's like, uh, what's her name in Fast and Furious 8? Uh, here's Sandy. another another thing, too, that I really liked is uh, it wasn't super dumb. Uh, a lot of military adventures <laughs> are super dumb. Now, it got super dumb, but some of the stuff about how the submarines work and how the special ops teams work, like it, it wasn't just – having random things blow up it was fairly like relatively plausible with some of the hardware and some of the interactions of things like submarines uh and i, I appreciate that 
There was genuine was, suspense at the end because I go, he's not going to fire. They're going to kill him or whatever. And he, that, I was that was like he was where, get out of it. Yeah, and that, that was where it got super dumb because that's not how those Vulcan guns work. Those those guns are awesome, and that's what they're designed to do is to shred a missile before it hits its, tar- its target. Right. But it was super dumb the way that it was like a few feet away from the submarine. Right. No, I know. And his face. But, but the rest of the movie had I like it done... as a character touch, like that he's never been to a class before, and that's his first time out, and it's like a fucking clusterfuck mission by chance, and that's his final decision on his captain. I don't know. I, uh, I... <laughs> So a couple of things stood out for me with with what they were doing, I think, to make Gerard Butler's character more relatable. And and the first thing that stands out, I don't I don't think you can have a hunter kill an animal and have him be a sympathetic character. Like the moment uh, that elk The Grey does, doesn't it? Well the Grey isn't the Grey isn't like an adventure movie. You're not supposed to be sympathetic Hannah? towards Hannah is what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, but I don't again those are those are examples of, of much more about character than just like action movies like the gray and hannah are are not there to make those characters sympathetic mm-hmm. uh here i think we really because this movie doesn't have the writing of gray the gray or hannah right uh, here they just want you to root for common uh toby stevens and gerard butler like that's the the main there's not a lot of character development they're just the good guys they're going to prevail against the russian general who kelly what he looked the general looked to me like Sam Rockwell's mother in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. Do you guys remember that actress? Yeah. <laughs> She's got this great sort of manly face. She looks kind of like Meatloaf. Uh, that guy looks... And but, the battles uh, were funny, too. Like, but so, so they don't have... They, they, they're careful not to have Gerard Butler shoot an animal. Because I think it's also going to get... Because he sees the family of the... Animal. Well, it's also getting it's, this whole idea that he's not going to shoot at the destroyer when they're attacking him. Like, they're, right. they yeah, try to have true. some payoff there, and I, I'm okay with that. It was yeah. simple enough. That's all but, we get. But <laughs> I, love how, I love how that pays off. I love how that works out when he's, yeah. looking, when he's looking at Michael Nyquist and, and realizing uh, those are his men up there. And not only would this start a war, but I'm killing this man's men that he's trained. And he looks at the guy, and the guy's, and Michael Nyquist is kind of like his. By the way, his I think his name is is Captain Andropov. Uh, that sounds right. That was the name of the ship in 2010 too. I think kind of he shakes his head a little bit, and I, I like the way they communicate there. And I think you're right, Tom. I think that does set that up. And I, and I also think it's just you can't have a hunter killing an animal on the screen for a movie where you just want a sympathetic character. Uh, like, you can't kill an animal. That's just that's like a Hollywood rule. Uh, well, the name of the movie is tricking you to thinking. Ah, very good, Kelly. One. Gerard, but here's the other yeah, thing that stood out for me is his whole I am you thing. Because traditionally, <laughs> in the military, the military is yeah. a very hierarchical uh, institution. And Not Sparta. There's a clear divide between officers and troops, uh, and to have an officer come on to the the ship and say, you know, I've loaded torpedo tubes and I've washed toilets and I've done all the stuff you've done, I am you. Like, I think that was also to get past, to make him more sympathetic to the audience. Like, oh, he's a working man officer. He didn't go to Annapolis. He's not some namby-pamby, educated, soft-handed officer guy. He's a, he's a he comes from the enlisted ranks. Uh, so I thought it was interesting that they had to play him that way. Well, and like with the World War One famous line to exhort troops was, do you want to live forever? And now it's like, hey, man, I'm you. I've been there. Well, I, I, I don't think called on to suicide runs. You know? He also refers to the 
the men that they need to save as as their brothers. I mean, he talks about he's not just I am you. He's talking. He's he's getting his crew to understand these are our brothers in in this particular war that we're in. You know, in in being submariners or submariners. I don't know how you say the word. Um, they go to water. We go to water. Is it submarine? Submariners or submariners? I don't. I just I call them sailors, Dingus. All right, I just call them. <laughs> but, but the point uh, I'm but trying he, to make he, though, he is, talks oh, about them as brothers, right. and he and he relates them all to that. It's not just I am you. It's also you know these are our brothers. They are you. Right, but the point I'm trying to make is that I think just like you can't have a character kill an animal and be sympathetic, you also can't show regular people the hierarchical div- hierarchical divide in the military. Uh, okay. like regular people don't understand that they're not sympathetic to it. So in this movie, they're very calculating about having Gerard Butler be a working man who didn't go to Annapolis, who has done the jobs that everyone else has done. Uh, and I. I mean, obviously, officers care about their troops, and so obviously he's going to care about the troops. But I think this is something that they do uh, as sort of shorthand for the audience because they don't want an audience to have to – an audience doesn't inherently understand military culture. And I think it would look weird to show what I presume a a real naval functioning ship would look like. well, well, that's, that's, that's a good point, too. actually, because that, that's why even though his XO is is kind of being uh, is kind of portrayed as a dick sometimes, but he's he's trying to follow protocol. Right. Um, you you constantly have Gerard Bartlett going, "All right, you have control of the con," even when they've had a disagreement. He he passes off control to to that guy to to give that further idea of. Uh, even though we've had a disagreement, there's really no difference between us. You, you can you can control the ship. Well, plus that's what they do when they leave the bridge. Right. <laughs> so there's got to have some. Yeah, but yeah. but he also could have had that guy relieved for disagreeing with. Him. Right. Right. But he doesn't. He says, you know, uh, you disagree with me. That's okay. Good. And I think there's also, and I, I like this as well. Um, th- there's this idea of a Navy having a different ethos than another part of the military mm. because uh, and, and they touch on this with this idea where uh, Gerard Butler tells Michael Nyquist that you know we're, we're not enemies we're brothers like that whole thing I, I like this idea that there's an ethos among sailors that they're more united by the sea and the right. fact that they have to overcome the dangers of the sea, which is almost mythic, uh, than they are necessarily by their allegiance to their countries. And historically, too, a navy is removed from its motherland. Like, a navy is not on the territory defending its motherland. A navy is away and is out there at the water. Uh, navies are notoriously out from under political control a lot of times. Um, so I, I like that they brought that into the movie as a connection with the other the other uh, captain, the other and the captain, of course, knowing the names of the guys on the destroyer. Uh, I just like this sort of naval bond that they uh, implied amongst all of these men, regardless of whether they were Russian or American. Right, and then that's that's one of the reasons why I brought up 2010, uh, because I think of space as being basically another sea in the way that you're talking about it. Right. Because if if we have a war in space, um, as is sort of portrayed a little bit in 2010, uh, that's very similar to what you're talking about. It's it's disconnected from this blue marble that we're on. Right, exactly. That's what I was trying to tell you, people. 
<laughs> so, uh, just from technical standpoints, um, uh, Chris Markinson really – he did really like this movie. Uh, the more he wrote about it, the more he disliked it, I'm afraid. But I think he really did like it uh, of, of the three movies he saw this week. And he said he loved how they all leaned back when the sub first started. Yeah. yeah. I had never seen that before. But So, obviously, I, I loved that touch. Yeah. I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to roll because I, I wanted to bring that up too. That was such a minor thing. I mean, obviously they had a set on a gimbal, uh, and, and the moment they showed that, I was like, oh, we're going to have some serious action later on. We're, they're going to play with that gimbal. But just that they did that and called attention yeah. to it was really lovely. And uh, that is brotherhood. Like, that does make them more relatable. Like, you're like, oh, see. Gravity's pulling them. Yeah, they're all yeah. pointed they the all same know direction. It. Gravity, they're used yeah. to it. They, they're used to standing like that, and they feel weird yeah. when they're on land. And Chris so. is on the exact same page as you are, Tommy. He, he says it was a really nice touch, and he's assuming that they do that on a real sub as well. I mean, I've never been on a sub. So, I mean, Makes I'm moving sense. sub. Well, but no, no. When subs die, I mean, subs die just just like airplanes. Like subs go up and down, and the the deck the decks tilt definitely. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, so I just noticing little things. You knew this was not a submarine. So Gerard Butler's probably like I don't know six two something like that. <laughs> there were a good two feet of clearance above his head yeah. in every single room on that submarine. <laughs> well, the the DSRV is as big as yeah. a, a freaking school bus. I mean, DSRVs are not that big. DSRVs are tiny. Yeah, yeah, and you think they, of Das Boot, like, that's what makes the sub movie so entrancing to me and yeah, you, yeah. at least. It's just that claustrophobia feeling. It's like, right. You're underwater in that t- tiny ass tin. Right, right. But they did that on, in Hunt for October. I mean, I mean the cabins, the I mean, I had to I had to stop the movie a bunch of times to to explain to my son like this is what the Cold War was was about, and this is this is and this is what this is what <laughs> submarines are about. This is what the baffles in the back of the submarine are about. This is what a, a crazy Ivan is about. This is why this character yeah. is doing that, and and this is the uh, the officers' little tiny dining room that is only for the officers. Um, but it, even that little tiny dining room is still probably. Uh, I don't know one and a half times as big as a normal one and I think Tom's absolutely right about the amount yeah. of space in that but they do He's I mean other than Das Boot they they don't uh, I don't think many sub movies get that claustrophobia Remember in or the space Jack- movies but or space uh, movies by the way like spaceships right. very right. rarely show how little room there would actually be on a spaceship yeah, yeah. except for the Banshee what's it called <laughs> the Banshee Serenity the- Firefly No 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 what's the Europa report <laughs> You're over oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. space. No, no, no. Oh, what? No, oh, it's cramped. And so is Apollo I mean, it's cramped 18, com- bra. Compared to compared to a lot of other movies, but yeah, yeah, it's still too big. Like, go even smaller. Like, if you if you're shooting a movie like and you feel like there's not enough room in your spaceship for the actors to move around and for you to shoot, you're on the right track. But go down about another fifty percent smaller. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like shoot on your phone because that claustrophobia is super important and dust boot totally plays on that and it's yeah. something that I, I wish in the audio yeah in the audio like every yeah. submarine too has to have the obligatory oh we have to be super quiet scene yeah. and this did that as well which I'm okay with that but in Dust Boot um, it goes on for like 10 minutes right, and you right. feel it you feel like you're there and in this it's like if you know there's this kind of 
there's this great video that uh, this astronaut named Sunita Williams uh, does of the ISS, and it's she she just basically gives you a tour of the International Space Station, and uh, she's really she's super cool. But as you see her do this tour, you get an idea of how cramped that space actually is, and it's nothing like what we see. But uh, I mean that's understandable because you know the the people I mean. The goofballs and friends live in an apartment that would have cost, cost ten thousand bucks right. a month, you know. So we 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 allow for that type of thing, but nevertheless, this this Tom's right. This this sub has an enormous amount of space. It's opulent. <laughs> uh, what did you guys Opula. think about uh, the the lady's sailor? Oh, I liked her. She doesn't do anything. That's good. I like that. The sonar <laughs> woman. What Kelly wand? Well, she doesn't have like a whole thing where, you know, she fires the guns or something. She doesn't have her own. <laughs> oh, She's no Rihanna in Battleship. Yeah, yeah, I thought that's where you're going. I, I mean, I, 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 I was actually because I was glad they cast a woman. I don't know how integrated submarines actually are. That's a very new thing. Yeah. Uh, and part of the issue was they have to refit a submarine if there are going to be women in the crew. Uh, really? But but I was I was glad to see a woman in there. I wish there had been more. But the whole as I was watching the movie, I was like, "Oh, they're not even going to give her a line." But then during the clutch moment at the end, they gave her the best like crew member extra lines because she was like reporting stuff during the climax when things were super exciting. So I was very glad that yeah, the one woman was there, and they did give her some of the best extras lines. She's wet from all the water. So, uh, Kelly Wan, I don't what <laughs> wet said from the water. <laughs> I don't remember that. She wasn't down in the torpedo room. She was. I don't the remember bridge. the scene, so I'm just imagining. <laughs> she was not wet. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. Well, you watch your movie, Tom. I'll watch mine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have we had one other writer in her. Uh, his name is Bruce. Um, Bruce went yeah. out to see the movie with his wife, but then decided not to see it. Because oh, so a friend of his told him not to, so he went to see La La Land, and he didn't finish that either. That's the huh. dumbest story I've ever heard. <laughs> I went to go see it with my wife, then I didn't see... Like, with the wife's not even part of the story. Terrible. C minus, start all over. What are you talking about? You didn't see Hunter... You're going to take your wife to see this? A, that's dumb. B... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm he, done he critiquing the story. He didn't see because because uh, La La Land is apparently on Amazon Prime, and he said uh, so. We saw neither Hunter Killer. Nor Hunter Killer. I was told not to see. The only person so we're gonna watch who really this. saw this was Chris Markinson. Well, uh, so, yeah. Kelly Wand, uh, you feel it shouldn't have had an R rating? Fuck no. For what? <laughs> I don't uh, remember were... any violence except the uh, headshots from the sniper, and those are great. But those weren't huh. bloody, were they? What else? Well, what there's else the does... bloody. There's the bloody thing in the water with the guy that you thought was rammed by the sub, but was shot. By... That's not an R. Like that's in stuff like that's in. Well, the, head, the headshots definitely have the red mist effect. Like they definitely do that's headshots with the. Well, what I'm saying is, it's not like a in a John Four. No, what's the guy who does all the westerns? The Grandpa westerns. John, That's John, John Ford, like, Ford does those, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not like those westerns where somebody, clutch, where somebody clutches his chest and falls over. Yeah, Sam Peckinpah had the good sense to put blood squibs on people. But back in the olden days, someone would just clutch his chest and fall over when he got shot. So here, these headshots are accompanied by little blood mist 
effects, and I imagine they're CG. But so Kelly Wan, there's definitely blood, and there are two f bombs in this movie. <laughs> That's you another only, stupid. You can only have one if you're PG-13. This yeah, movie think about the logic of, of that. And both of them, by the way, uh, s- said by Russians. Oh, so it's even more R-rated or less? What? <laughs> if it's in a Russian accent, the kids are gonna. Oh, it's such a stupid. So, so Kelly Wan, we got your away. Answer- We've done ratings for most most of human history, like a millions of years. I'm not the least now, bit surprised that you feel it shouldn't have been an R-rated movie. Dingus, I'm surprised feel, that it is. I how really would you feel are. about your son seeing it? Now, your son is actually almost... How old is he now? 13? He's 13. He would have... That's yeah. an old for yeah, F-box. This, is, this would be fine. Yes. Um, Easy. Yeah, what I was nervous about was showing him Hunt for October that it would be too boring for him, but he liked it. He liked it a lot. <laughs> But See, that's just, what you should have a rating system based around. It might just this is too boring for a 13-year-old. <laughs> well, that's what uh, I... Give it I, to I, Grandpa. I had another friend who's like, I, I'm looking for for something. It's, you know, one of our listeners named Clay, who uh, who's who was like, uh, I'm looking for something to show my, my kids. Can can I show them Hunt for Red October? I'm tired of watching yeah. Mo- Mo- Moana because that's all they want to watch. And they want I something think, water-themed still. I think they might just be bored by it, but Kieran, uh, Kieran wasn't bored by it, so that's good. I was a little nervous going in to this movie because of the... There's that... Uh, Kieran saw Mamma Mia 2 with his girlfriend. Yeah, I know, I know. Family, he, so. he, he does this thing, uh, the director, um, Donovan Marsh... There's this thing in that in that early scene in the rotunda or whatever wherever that that I, I, maybe they're in the capital where he's just like rotating the camera around and around and around Scott and around move, yeah and yeah. it's it's a Tony Scott move but it's it first annoyed me in in uh in a scene in talk radio that was directed by Oliver Stone <laughs> and I just felt like all right enough just lock down the camera and let I us hate it scene we every time it happens you go I was worried there was going to be a lot more of that in this movie, yeah, and that was only that was one of two Tony Scott shots. But what I want to get back to the R rating thing because what I, what I wanted oh to talk about is it's not the the headshots Kelly won, and it's not even the f bombs that I think this needs an R rating for. And again, the R rating doesn't mean you're not allowed to see it until you're 17. It just means that parents should be warned right. what's going on in right. this movie. And the reason that I'm happy that it gets an R rating is the same reason that any video game with gunplay gets a T ah. rating, and that's because this movie romanticizes guns as a solution to problems. And in this case, they certainly are. It's a military operation. But this right. movie shows <laughs> this movie shows people getting shot with guns, and you're supposed to cheer for that. This, this, this yeah. movie has an, an approving representation of guns doing tremendous damage to people. Like and Star Wars. I, I enjoy that just fine, but I, I feel that in our current climate and what gun culture has done to the United States, that that's mm. something that parents should be aware of. So I'm fine this getting an R rating because there that, that scene where the Russian soldiers are having tea, like I loved that, but that was super violent because where they all get headshotted. Um, Kids should see that and evaluate it and go, well, oh, see- so that's what they do? Fuck, that's fucked up. Well, I, I know vote. we've talked about this a bunch of times before, but but our, I think our, our opinions have evolved over time. Do you think Avengers, for instance, should have been R-rated? Because there's a lot of gunplay in that, but it's against Iron the Man's Chitauri, who are but but some of the some of the people that gunplay is used against are humans. So man, I don't remember anybody getting shot in Avengers. Who got shot in Avengers? Is it because Black Widow has guns? No, it's it, Loki it's gets because... his neck broken. It's even worse than I got. Uh, it's because the the 
the uh, the soldiers who attack the helicopter or the helicarrier, sorry, uh, get shot and they shoot other people. Um, there's a bunch of shooting that goes on. Uh, all whom, on the bridge by uh, Colby Smulders, um, by uh, uh, Nick Fury, um, even by Captain America. I mean, and when they're on the streets of New York, they're constantly shooting at these fake alien creatures. Does that bother you as well? Because I don't, I don't remember any of that being a movie where it, it was romanticizing gunplay or expecting you to cheer. Like, you're supposed to cheer for the heroes, whether they're using guns or bows and arrows or laser beams out of their eyes. Uh, and I, I think it doesn't focus enough on guns. I don't even remember them using guns. But I know that Kobe Smulders and Nick Fury are soldiers uh, and that Black Widow has guns. So, no, I mean, I think it's a, an issue of tone. Because this movie, the, the guns are... The guns are like their primary way of dealing with uh, their a military their operation. You're just talking about the yeah. the, the ops, the special ops force, the SEALs. But the bad guys right, right, right. started it with their guns, so you got to have a gun counter them. That's that's, that's right, Kelly Wan. That right. we need to propagate that message out there. The only best, the best defense against guns have more guns. Arm those school teachers, Kelly Wand. I think uh, you're arm dumb. Everyone, and then there will be fewer shootings. <laughs> because one's fiction and one's reality, and you just tell your kid that you go look. There's a bunch of guns in this. Kelly Wan, I want you to tell story. that to a, Yeah, I want you to tell that to a child, and then go ahead and show him R-rated horror movies. I will. Just insist one is fiction. This shouldn't affect you at all. Don't be scared. It didn't affect me. Bad dreams. It just makes me watch more. <laughs> really? You think I I do have trouble sleeping? So I would warn the kid that too. I go, you might have trouble Again, sleeping it, for the rest of your life. But it's it's up to a parent, and parent can totally show a child an R-rated movie. But the R-rating is saying you as a parent should know here are issues that you should be aware of. And I'm super glad that that the MPAA <laughs> will bring an R rating when there's gunplay, where they wouldn't when it's superheroes <laughs> shooting laser beams out of their eyes. Well, I, I agree with You're that dumb. because because well, I don't think he's dumb because I because as a parent, I want to know. Okay, a bunch of people have looked at this movie and they've determined these are things that I need to look out for, uh, and I discussed this with my kid's mom. Are we going to let him watch this? Or are we going to let him watch that? Uh, that's the, and, that's all you need to do is what you just said. You and then and then that. I watch it first. You know, I mean, I I that's, freaking went to watch, ready for that either. I went to watch Guardians of the Galaxy first before I showed it to him because I just I'd read the ratings. I was nervous about it. I'd heard that it was super violent. I went and watched it, and I determined for myself, no, it's fine. But exactly. but a lot of parents don't do that. But I agree with Tom that I think that it's it's a good idea to at least have uh, a sense of uh, this is what could be. Uh, Damaging or not damaging. Damaging is probably the wrong By Tom's word. logic, though, if it's a military adventure, it should even have a special rating because that's a different kind of situation from a school shooting. Well, like, that I, should I have a different glamour- gun rating by itself. I think romanticizing the military for children also has certain issues with it. Uh, yeah, but it's that kind of a movie. Like, there's a whole genre. Like, it's like saying horror movies right. romanticize knives. Oh, that's an interesting way to put it, actually, Tom. <laughs> I mean, horror movies tend to be R-rated uh, unless they're made for children specifically as well, Kelly Wand. 
Right. Like, I, I don't think I don't I don't think horror is a viable uh, serious horror is a viable genre for children. Uh, Goosebump stuff that's fine, but the actual purpose of horror to elicit a, a, a sense of fear and dread in sort of a, in a cathartic situation. I don't think children really need that in their lives because childhood is scary enough. So horror is not something for children. Military the romantic the romanticizing of the military and how it gets things done by shooting people. I think you should be very careful about letting children see that. Right. I mean, those are these are those are war adventures are not for children; they're for adults, unless they are just sort of rah rah simple. Hey, only the good guys are killing bad guys. Like, if you just want to have. I, so, you know, would you retroactively sort of- rate R all those Flash Gordon serials and? Like stuff that kids used to watch and cartoons. Flash like Gordon, like I don't, I don't think Flash Gordon. I don't. Or like just know. like like, like westerns, I? like old westerns where they just like bow down. Uh, I would have to see it, but a western like but it would depend on how much bloodness there was. I don't. Right? It would depend on how much. I mean, we we used it so in the fifties, Kelly Wan, when these westerns were coming out, the issues that we have today with gun culture and school shootings were not issues. Right. Yeah. Now we have to. The, and, and our reflection should our our, inter, our entertainment should reflect our culture and vice uh, versa. And at this mm-hmm. point, our culture has a problem with how many people are in love with guns blindly without an awareness of the impact that they have. And you so, think a lot of that's due to movies like Hunter Kill? Nope, though? I don't think no, it's no. due to movies. I, don't. I think that movies I think that movies need to acknowledge that, and right. and they do. I'm, and I'm happy with ratings. About that. Well, uh, as long as it doesn't affect content, but I think it does, so it's a flawed system. <laughs> well, ratings affect content, right? So, I'm with you there, but that's you know not all movies it's are. It's a terrible trade. It's a terrible, terrible trade. So <laughs> this deal with the devil. Movies, this is kind of, we got this. We got this movie. It's R-rated. It was not compromised. They got to say fuck twice, and they got to shoot people in the head and have blood mist come out of their head. Right, right. So what's, true. where's the problem? Yeah, we we get our entertainment as well. So this that's is thing. Gonna, but I would so, definitely say that kids could sit through this and. They'll be, they'd be fine. It's like my Some special kids, rating sure. stamp of approval. Some kids, sure. yeah. yeah. So, right, so, so this close. is kind of dumbly, dumbly related. So, you know, uh, as I said, with my son, I watched Hunt for October, and I was telling him that this is this is Jack Ryan, and he kept gracing me during the movie saying, oh, so Saving Private Ryan is then the prequel to this? He was just messing with me. Um you know, Saving Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan, and every time Jack Ryan would show up, people were like, "Oh, there's Private Ryan." Again. Oh, yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> and so, so we've been very careful. It could be related. It could be a crossover. We've been very careful about the video games we let him play. We wouldn't let him play a a, a hardcore like World War Two war game, uh, video game. Uh, I don't think he'd be interested in it, but we were, you know, had some of his friends play. Uh, I, 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 God, what's what would be the name of the one that most kids play? Uh, you mean? No, no, that uh, previously, like two years ago. Um, All of, wait, what? like a like uh, any like a GTA. war. Uh, never mind, forget it. I don't um, know. Uh, kids where, play Minecraft. Where you're actually like a first-person shooter type of uh, Doom. Quake, um, and uh, so I was thinking about after this. You know, I'm not a big fan of of Saving Private Ryan, other than the first 20 minutes. But I was thinking, could I show that to my kid? Would that be okay? That's an R-rated movie, in my opinion. Even. Well, wait, Kelly. Well, why is that an R-rated movie? Yeah. Because uh, there's a, the first 20 minutes are like as gory as most horror movies. 
So it's just, it's just a matter of gore. Like if there, if it, so there's gore in here. Like there's blood in Hunter Killer. It's just not gory enough. Uh, it's not horrific. It's like you said. It's chill. Right. I mean that's a that's a fair point. Like Saving Private Ryan is about the horrors of war. That's not what this is. Uh, and it's all and at I, once. It's like a concentrated dose where he's just like, oh, this is the stupidest speech ever. <laughs> but you know what? I would say – here's the thing though, Tom. I would say, yes, it's an R-rated movie, but if you show that to kids, they'll see what right. those guys had to I go agree. through. And yet they're learning from it. It's educational. Yep, and like yep. you, by depriving them of, of those sites, you're mollycoddling them too much, I think. And, and that gets to my issue of – soft. Of the the problem is more the tone, the romanticizing of gunplay right. is is what I have more of an issue with. Uh, like if you decide, and I think this is an important decision for a parent to make, that you want your child to see how horrible war is, and that it's not just a Call of Duty game. Call of Duty, point, that's it. Thank you, Tom. At a certain Except point, that. consider showing, consider letting him or her see Saving Private Ryan. But if you set the the first twenty minutes of Saving Private Ryan to Benny Hill music, maybe the kids would like it. Right, because Three well, Stooges sure. uh, are, are super. Like I watched that as a kid, and it, it freaked me out in a good way. Like whoa! I don't think Three Stooges is about horrors of war, though. I don't know that they ever covered that topic. I don't know. They fight a lot. There's they're never <laughs> at peace. The Three Stooges. <laughs> There's never an armistice between Mo and Curly. Uh, I did enjoy. Although they did the... fight together as soldiers. Continue. As far as F bombs, I really liked the the uh, Russians. The well, the bodyguard doing the uh, twin birds with the grenade pins on his middle fingers. Like, That's I thought that was kind of a cool gesture. Yeah. Where, where oh, he yeah, yeah. He Have we seen soldiers. that before? Has anyone Ooh, ever done a double middle uh, finger grenade? I just oh, remember the pins? one that, I don't think so. that Tom talked about in the in one, I think it was one of the Underworld movies where she throws yeah. the pins at him. And you're yeah, like, yeah, 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 like that. That's not how grenades work, Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> yeah. And Cage goes, I'm sorry, and has one on one hand. Right, 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 exactly. Oh. Know, he apologizes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we I missed an opportunity to bring up, like, to, to talk a little bit more about melodrama when we were talking last time. And so I wanted to just bring it up, just lightly touch on it here. Um when 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 Gerard Butler's character says, "When you look at him, you shouldn't see anything other than a sailor in his own backyard," is that melodrama or drama, or is there any? That's also from Bohemian Rhapsody. That line, but go on. I mean, is there anything there? I mean, do we creep over into melodrama and that kind of thing? I mean, I'm still not. <laughs> I, I know Tom. Tom's, Tom's more of an uh, an expert on this than I am because he brought up a really good point about. Um, about opera, as far as that's concerned, but it seems a little over dramatic, and maybe that's the word I'm looking for. I will say one thing. I mean, I, I don't think the the script of this is particularly well written. It gets done what it needs to do, and that bit you're talking about there, Ding, is it's all part and parcel of making us root for Gerard Butler. All right. Uh, but I will say one. I do tip my hat to this movie for not giving us a monologue about Gerard Butler explaining what happened on the USS Wichita. Yeah, that's, ah. referenced. that's referenced, and I was like, oh, God, are we going to get some flashback scene or some character reveal? And the movie goes by, and we just, you know, that's just a detail about him that we can fill in with our own imaginations. I you go in the water, that. Gerard goes in the water. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's really, that's a really good point, actually. Thank you. But his his speech, and I think Markinson brings this up as well, his his speech is not that rousing. <laughs> I don't know. 
I got to stick you out of it. <laughs> yeah, well. You're this job's my responsibility or something. That always gets me. I'm a sucker for that. I stuff. was a little, I don't know about this. Do special ops guys really take off their dog tags? Oh, I didn't like, I thought know. that was a little yeah. surprising when they did that because, and they all, did, did they have, pat, like, I assume they took off their dog tags in any American flag patches? I thought that was weird. I don't, I don't know if we do that. I know, for instance, uh, the Russians, when they send troops into the Ukraine, they take off any identifying, uh, anything that would identify that they're with the Russian military, and they, they roll into the Ukraine, and they're not even special ops. But I thought that was weird when they're jumping out of the plane, them all throwing their dog tags in the box. I, I don't know if that's done. At night, I put my cyanide tooth in a glass of water. <laughs> I did like that, and I like that he took the, the picture of the of the guy's girlfriend and you know they they kind of joshed about it but he he definitely threw it down in the box like, yeah, yeah you can't have you can't have this and then later when they approached the uh the dude who was struggling out of the water who got shot they they make some reference and i can't i can't remember exactly what the lines line is it's it's something like we're just shadows or we're ghosts or whatever they say it's it's like we are not people you will be able to identify uh, and I, I they, did kind of like that I don't know if that's a real thing but I liked it and they had a, like a tragic ending like most of them died which I yeah. didn't think was going to happen either I knew I was pretty sure that Martinelli was going to get it and actually I think Martinelli lived didn't he? yeah Martinelli did yeah he, 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 I, I just couldn't stand his name though because I just, just kept thinking about these parts Cider? yeah <laughs> well I pegged him as the guy that was going <laughs> to get tragic that the guy was going to get tragically killed uh, because he was he was kind of like Orlando Bloom in uh, Black Hawk Down. Like he's the one who screws everything up. Uh, but uh, he actually made it, and it, so I was a little surprised that instead everybody else tragically died except for him and Toby Stevens. Except the guy whose name you knew. Well, they set they set him up to be the doofus in the in the beginning in the training sequence. Yeah. That, he's that, got the three R's, hair, a, mustache, and rage. That's, that's a little, really, man. little bit of a cheat. I'm not cheat, but. They're, they're, it's a feint. You're supposed to think, yeah. right. And he ends up, it gives him a little moment of redemption and a day, and a sniper ex machina. Yeah, yeah. But you know he's uh, going to show up. I mean, you know that's going to happen. I, I, you know, I'd forget. Here's the thing, Ding, is, is I, I was paying so little attention to characters that I'd forgotten about him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, he gets hurt, and the guy's like, I'll come back for you. And I'm like, okay, I guess they're going to, we're going to, I just put him out of my mind, so I'm dumb it's enough. Called the, oh, yeah, that guy technique. I just kept waiting. Exactly. Kelly Wong, overpass yeah. thing. Uh, okay, this is when he's going to start doing headshots. That's when right. this is going to happen. Um, uh, yeah. I also love seeing, like, these troops with beer. Like, it's so cool to me seeing, like, Henry Cavill and Sandcastle. No, is it? Army Hammer or Henry Cavill? It's Henry Cavill, I think, in Sandcastle. Like, in 13 Days, that uh, that Michael Bay movie about Benghazi. I just think it's so cool seeing these, like, these special ops soldiers and mercenaries and contractors with big old thick beards. Yeah. Like, that, that's such a that's such a modern-day military representation. Uh, soldiers used to totally be clean-shaven. Yeah. I like I like a shaggy soldier. There's always but, a hair rule in the military. But Deltas yeah. definitely do that. I mean, they do that on purpose. In Animal House? <laughs> yes. Gotcha. Right. Can Tom Cruise grow a beard? Henry Cavill doubts it. Yeah. Wow, Kelly Wong, that's a good point. We've never seen him with one. He may not have enough testosterone. Yeah. yeah. Well, Nicole Kidman. Oh, Dingus. Hey, that's pretty that, good. Kelly Wong? Very good. Yeah. I like you, Dingus. All right, so I'm, I'm surprised we all liked uh, Hunter Killer. Yeah. I thought I was going to be the only one who defended it. You guys are going to make fun of me. <laughs> 
Well, Kelly Wan, let's see if we can do that for another movie. Oh, okay. Like what? Where should well, listeners Wan, write in if they have thoughts about what you're about to say? And why didn't we see Overlord <laughs> the weekend that it opened? What's up with it that? It didn't open here. Oh, it didn't? Okay, because I thought it It did. opened in uh, German. And I, I, can, I have to know the words of Overlord. Even though it right. just takes place in Germany. Yeah, don't don't ruin anything. Dingus knows. Oh, that's a spoiler. Nothing. All right. I don't I don't know what you were gonna say. I never know what I'm gonna say. That's the exciting part. <laughs> like well, playing uh, Russian roulette see. with my own mouth. Now that uh, you can see it in English, Kelly Wand, let's see Overlord for next week's podcast. That's Overlord in English. Kelly Wand, what if some of the listeners have thoughts about Overlord? Where should they send them? If you have thoughts about Overlord, you should see the movie first. Right. Then, after you're done with that, write your thoughts that you had during the movie to the email address. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> 3x3. That sounds wrong. No, that's right. 3x3 at quarter to 3.com. And get those, Dingus will try to remember to say something about them. And get those to us by uh, midnight Pacific, uh, Sunday, November 18th. Uh, and also, Dingus, what should the listeners be thinking about in terms of this month's three? Lots of thoughts. Oh, well, Lord. once again, this is a repeated line in the same movie. No, 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 no. Kelly Wan, you just took my number one pick. Oh, the horror, the horror. Sorry. <laughs> oh, and you took my number two pick. Kelly oh. Wan, save it for the podcast. Kelly. Uh, if you can think of repeated lines that you like, send the, and besides the horror, the horror is one line. It's re- Those are words repeated, not lines repeated, Kelly Wan. It's not... It's not poetry, it's <laughs> prose. It's not like the each of the horror is on a different line. Well, it echoes poetry. Uh, no, it pauses. It echoes. There's a beat. It's a comma. It's all on the same line. Commas don't count as different. <laughs> Wait, so... Does it have to be the same person saying the same line both times? Well, let's find out when we do that 3x3 three three episode on November 2nd. So make sure all you right. get us... Let's, find it. let's get a clarification. Let's back in time. Way. That's going to be awesome. December 2nd, right. Right, December 2nd. Uh, send us those by midnight, December 2nd, uh, to 3x3 at quarter3.com, and we'll read those on the air. Uh, and then Overlord next week. You guys have probably already seen it this opening weekend. Uh, we'll finally get around to it next weekend. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Christian Malotsky. It's Christian Morosky. And Kelly Wand. When Leah told Han she loved him, and he goes, I know. Not many people know this, but uh, George Lucas's original line was, Tell her I'm eating. This seaweed is always cleaner in somebody else's lake. You dream about going up there, but girl, that's a big mistake. Just look at the world around you, right here on the ocean floor. Such wonderful things around you. What more is you looking for? Under the sea, under the sea, is better down where this take it from. Gerard's like a squashed Russell Crowe. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Oregai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Sir, we were wrong. It's an alien covenant. We're not enemies. We're brothers. Aw. I'm alone in my heart. <laughs>